Welcome to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. This week's message from Lead Pastor Neil Krauss is from the series, Today Matters Forever. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com. You know, I think it... um it's probably safe to guess that many of us spend a lot of time worrying about tomorrow or worrying about next week or maybe even next year or maybe it's retirement that gets you worried and you wonder, how will I ever be able to retire? How will I have enough to provide? And, and you worry about things that are, that are more momentary than things that are eternal. You see, we don't really tend to be too concerned with eternity as we are in the moment. And sure, you may have thought about whether or not you'll be in heaven, and and you probably don't live every single day, though, with an eternal perspective and thinking on eternal things. If you do, that's fantastic, and we celebrate that. But the reality is that the struggle for most of us is this, that we live in the flesh. We live in the flesh, so we tend to think of the things that are fleshly and worldly instead of things that are spiritual and eternal. James 4.13-14 through 14 tells us our life here on earth is just like a mist. Look at verse 13, it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and vanishes. That passage in Scripture is telling us not to get so caught up in today or tomorrow and what we will make here on earth because this life is basically like a mist compared to eternity. It's here today, gone tomorrow. It goes quick. Therefore, God's Word is saying invest in eternal things. Look to eternal things. And if we believe the Bible, which we do here at Forward Church, we believe the Bible. That's why what we teach is the Bible. We believe the Bible. Then we believe that our life here is simply like a mist. So I brought this can up here to kind of have an illustration. I think it always helps whenever we can kind of picture things and what that looks like. And if you picture all the air in this room, all the air that you have around you to breathe, not just in this room, but in the world, you go outside, you're in a field, and there's all the air around you. Picture that as eternity. And then this right here symbolizes your life. Look how quick that went. Look how small that is in comparison to all the air that we have to breathe. That's what God is telling us. He's saying your life is like a mist and it is here today. It's gone tomorrow. It goes quickly. So he's saying your life here on earth is really small compared to eternity. And the reality of scripture is that our life will be spent in eternity somewhere. There will be eternal life, either in heaven or in hell. So life here, compared to eternal life, is very short, just like that mist that I just sprayed. Another thought that I have about that as I sprayed that mist is that mist smelled like something. Right? That mist that I just sprayed, it smelled really nice because it's fresh linen, so it smells good on stage right now. And what I wonder is, what does my mist smell like to God? You see, Scripture tells us that either our life is a pleasing aroma to God or our life can be a stench in the nostrils of God. That's how the Bible describes it. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that when the people of God were not walking with God, when they were not focusing on God, when they were focused on fleshly desires, they were caught up in the momentary life in the midst of this earthly life, the Bible actually says they became a stench in the nostrils of God. 
However, in Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that when we walk with God, when we look like Jesus, when we are living our life to be like Jesus, we are a pleasing aroma. Ephesians 5.2 says, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Therefore, you see, it makes sense that we would spend more time preparing for eternity than for retirement. Because walking with God, when we give up self, just like Jesus did, it is pleasing to the Lord. Our life, our mist here on earth becomes a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So if you think of your life like a mist compared to eternity and determine to make your life a mist that is a fragrant offering to the Lord, that is what God is calling us to do. Pastor and best-selling author Rick Warren said this. He said, when you fully comprehend that there is more to life than just here and now, and you realize that life is just preparation for eternity, you will begin to live differently. You will start living in light of eternity, and that will color how you handle every relationship, task, and circumstance. Suddenly, many activities, goals, and even problems that seemed so important will appear trivial, petty, and unworthy of your attention. The closer you live to God, the smaller everything else appears. And I love that last line. The closer you and I live to God, the smaller everything else appears. The closer we get to our big, awesome, mighty, amazing, incredible God, the smaller everything else starts to become. The closer I am to God in my life, the smaller the things of the day-to-day life that might seem big to me in the moment, they become more trivial when I look at them in comparison to eternity and how big my God is. And that's why we are in this sermon series. If you missed any of this sermon series, then you need to go to the podcast and listen because I've told you that each week connects together. Each week is building upon the other to give us a full and thorough study of eternal rewards and what is to come beyond this life. And today's main scripture is one that's going to focus um, from chapter um, 20 of Revelation, verses 11 through 15. So if you would, if you would stand with me, grab your Bible, open up to Revelation chapter 20. We're going to be starting in verse 11. We stand together to honor God's word. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one under your chair. This verse will also be on the screen for you. Here's what God's word says. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. You can be seated. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word today. Now, challenging text. You know, it was C.S. Lewis who once said, there are two kinds of people. Those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, all right then, have it your way. You see, there's going to come a time where we're going to stand before God, and, and he's, um, we've either lived a life that says, your will be done, God, or when we stand before him, he's going to say, all right, you, you have it your way. You've wanted it your way. And it's a very sad reality that many people will have to endure eternity without God because they chose to live their way today and for the past several weeks we've been looking at the fact that how you and I live right now how we live in the today affects how you and I will be living in eternity 
So you see, it makes perfect sense that we would have eternal mindsets every single day, but that's not the case for us because we tend to be short-sighted. Because we currently live in the flesh, therefore we focus on the things of the flesh. It's easy for us to get caught up in looking at the now and this constant battle of the flesh versus the spirit. It's a battle for all of us. We want to do what God wants us to do, but our fleshly desires battle against that spiritual desire. So while you may want to do the right thing, you tend to choose the wrong thing because you choose in the flesh. In Galatians 5, 16-17, Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. So how many of us have started out in life and we've said, I'm going to follow God. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to live my life for him. But then life starts to happen and our flesh gets in the way and we don't do what we want to do. So many of us can, can say, you know, I never thought that I would get caught up in this sin that I'm in because I don't want to do this. I, don't, I didn't want to be here, but yet here I am. That's because spirit and flesh are opposed to each other. So the big million dollar question is, how do I walk in the spirit? How do I stay in the Spirit? How do I live a life focused on eternal things and of the Spirit? Well, simply put, you walk in the Spirit when your heart and mind are focused on the promises of God. You see, the Holy Spirit overcomes your flesh when you live by faith in the Son of God, when you, you understand that He gave His life for yours in your place and is working everything out for your good, then you live by the Spirit when you're focused on Him and spending eternity with Him. It's the little things that we do to set our minds on the eternal instead of the moment that we're in. It's when we wake up in the morning and before our feet even hit the ground, we recognize, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I'm gonna rejoice and be glad in it. You see, I understand that my life is a mist and no matter what I face today, no matter how big it seems in the moment, I'm gonna step back and I'm gonna look at eternity and eternal things. I'm gonna focus on you, Lord. And when you do that, he gives you strength to live in the spirit. It's that mindset alone that will dramatically change the way you live. The closer you get to your big God, the smaller the things of this world begin to seem. So when we draw near to him and we set our eyes on him and on eternal things and how big he is and how my life is just a mist in the grand scheme of eternity, then I begin to realize there's bigger things I need to be looking to. So I want to ask you this question today. Are you living with eternity in mind? The majority of the people in our world are not. Majority of people are not living with eternity in mind. Just like we looked at last week, um, many of those who call themselves Christians are not living today with eternity in mind. Author Randy Alcorn says it this way, being oblivious to eternity leaves us experts in the trivial and novices in the significant. We can name that tune, name that starting lineup, name that actor's movie debut, detail the differences between computers or four-wheel drives. None of this is wrong, of course, but it's certainly revealing when we consider that most Christians, let alone the general public, do not even have an accurate picture of what the Bible says will happen to us after we die. We major in the momentary and minor in the momentous. And I love that he points out that being excited about the things of this world like sports and new music and, and new movie releases, that is not wrong in and of itself. It's okay to be excited about those things. It's not wrong when that has its proper place in our lives. When we are most pleased in our great God, when we are close to our big God, our mighty God, and our focus is on eternity with him, then we are able to find greater pleasure in the small things of this world when they're not our main focus because the pleasures of this world are just a glimpse 
to eternal pleasure with God. So you see, the things of this world that we can get pleasure in, those are actually blessings for us, but not when they become the main focus. When we become hyper-focused on the things of this world and leave God out, then they're not good for us. So the point here is this. We need to live our lives today in a way that we don't get caught up in the mist and miss out on the momentous. You see, that should be on the dashboard of our lives. That should be on a sticky note on your dashboard. Don't get caught up in the mist and miss out on the momentous. But yet that's what we tend to do. We focus on the mist that's right in front of us instead of looking to the momentous to God and eternity with him. So today we're going to look at scripture and what it says about the momentous, about eternity, because what you do today matters forever. In your text for today, Revelation 20 speaks of the great white throne judgment. We've talked about this nearly every week of this series, so I'm not going to go too far in depth on this. But basically, everyone will go before this throne. Believers in Jesus and unbelievers will go before the great white throne. Those who have placed their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior and have been living today as proof of that faith will have nothing to fear. Will have nothing to fear because your name will be found in that book of life and you'll be ushered into heaven to receive rewards based off of the good works that you've done while here. However, for those that do not believe in, for those who do not follow Jesus, there's going to be a much different outcome. Verse 12 says it this way, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. This verse says the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So those receiving life have already moved on to heaven with Jesus because their name is in the book of life. Those whose name is not in the book of life are defined as the dead here. The dead then go to receive judgment according to their works. You see, unbelievers are going to stand before God at the great white throne judgment and the book will be opened, the book of life. Their name will not be found. So then the other books will be opened and everything they've ever done will be exposed in those books. And then the level of punishment will be based off of their works, off of their sin. Last week, I talked more about levels of punishment in heaven and levels of reward in heaven and levels of punishment in hell. And I don't have time to elaborate on that today, so go to last week's podcast and listen. You'll get more scripture and more, um, more definition on that. But basically, Psalm 62.12 says this, And that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. According to his work. Romans 2.6 cross-references that verse from Psalm 62, where it says, He will render to each one according to his works. So we notice several things about the great white throne judgment. One is that it will be a final judgment. There's going to be no appeals. There will be no escape. It's going to be worldwide in scope. Every single person will go before the great white throne. And Jesus will be the judge. John 5.22 says, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. So those who do not believe in Jesus will be judged by Jesus. Now, doesn't it make perfect sense to place your faith in, to believe in, to follow, to commit your life to, to surrender to the one who will render your judgment? You see, those who think that they don't need Jesus because they're focused on this momentary life, this mist of a life, will one day find out that this life is a mist and that there's something much greater and much bigger and that's the reason they need Jesus. 
because this judgment at the great white throne will be final, it's also going to be fearful for those who don't know Jesus. It'll be a very fearful time. For those of us, though, who have spent our time with Jesus and we know Jesus' voice and we have followed him and our life looks like his, it will not be fearful. Can you imagine the fear of lost men and women as they stand before the Lord in judgment when the books are opened, everything they've ever done, everything they've ever said is exposed? That's a terrifying thought. That would be a terrifying thought for me because I know there's been a lot of things I've done, a lot of things I've said that I don't want exposed. But that's the beauty of the gospel. You and I escape that shame because our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So therefore, we don't have to have that judgment when we believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God and as our Savior. The book is opened, our name is found, that we placed our faith in Jesus, and we go on before the Bema seat of Christ where we receive rewards. You see, the pages of the books that record your sins when you believe in Jesus, they're covered in the blood of Jesus. So when that book is opened up and my life is there, the blood of Jesus covers over it. And I have no shame for that. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's exactly what this means. By placing our faith in Jesus, our sins have been covered by his blood. And what beautiful news, what good news. That's the gospel news. Believers are spared the fear of judgment. But everyone else, as verse 12 says, great and small, will be at that great white throne judgment. Those who committed horrible sins and outright rejected Jesus and opposed him will go before the great white throne. Those who lived moral lives, good people, but still lived lives of unbelief and did not place their faith in Jesus, they will go before that great white throne as well. Good moral people who think they've lived a good life to be good enough, surely a loving God would accept me in, they will still go to hell. Because moral is not good enough. Only the blood of Jesus is good enough. It's only the blood of Jesus that can cover over and wash away our sins. That's why we are to place our faith in him. It's only the sacrifice of Jesus, the perfect lamb, that can pay for and cover over your sins. That's why Romans 3, 23 through 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not some have sinned, not many have sinned. All have sinned. Every single one of us has sinned and falls short of God's glory. Verse 24 is beautiful because it says, and are justified by his grace. That word justified literally means it's just as if I'd never sinned. We're justified. It's just as if I'd never sinned. By God's grace, his blood covers over that part of the book. So it's just as if I'd never sinned. And it says, by his grace is a gift. It's a gift given to you and to me. We all can receive it through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the reality is whether you're a murderous dictator who outwardly opposed God or whether you simply sin by disobeying your parents, no matter how small the sin, no matter how great the sin, it separates you from God, separates you from his holiness, and it needs the blood of Jesus to cover it. And redemption is a gift that's found through faith in Jesus. So this judgment is going to be final. This judgment will be fearful for those who have not placed their faith in Jesus, and this judgment will be fatal for those who have not followed Jesus. You see, no one will recover from this. No one comes back from this. Verse 14 says, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. So all who have died and are not given eternal life through Jesus will die the second death. Hebrews 9.27 says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. 
So see, there'll be a physical death that we all face. We all die once. Those who place their faith in Jesus, truly followed him, find their name in the Lamb's book of life, go on to live forever. Those who have rejected him will have a second death that will last for eternity. You see, hell is an eternal separation from God forever. That's why today matters forever. What you and I do today, who we place our faith in today, what we're focused on today has eternal implications. And you see, before that throne, people are going to cry out for mercy, but God's mercy will have been exhausted. You see, he's been offering mercy every single day of your life here on earth. He offers mercy every single day of our life here during this mist of a life. And if you reject that before the first death, there is no second chance after that. Those who reject salvation through Jesus, the Bible says will be thrown into the lake of fire. And now thankfully the Bible spares us from specifics of eternity in hell. I think we get the picture. The judgment happens and it's over. It's done. And that's a terrifying reality. But that's what the Bible says is going to happen to unbelievers, and that's very heavy, but I never want to end on a heavy note because the gospel is good news that brings joy. So I want to look at what happens to believers. In Malachi 3, 16 through 18, we see the book of remembrance. And in the book of remembrance, it says um, in Malachi, starting in verse 6, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasure possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. You see, these other books are for believers. And the book of life has to do with salvation. If your name's in the book of life, you're saved. If your name's not in the book of life, you're not saved. Your name gets in the book of life by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. So we go before the great white throne, the book of life is opened, our name is in there because we've placed our faith in Jesus and we are immediately ushered to the judgment seat of Christ, which is known as the Bema seat. We've talked about this the last few weeks. And this is where this book of remembrance will be opened and the book of records of our works that we have done in the now, in this mist, will be rewarded. So the good works that you and I have done for the gospel get rewarded. It's important to note that our good works that are rewarded are the works that stand the test of fire. So it has to be works that are focused on the spirit, not on the flesh. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 15. For we are all God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, that foundation is Jesus, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So in verse 10, the foundation here is Jesus Christ and our salvation through faith in him. We build upon that foundation that we have and he says we need to be careful how we build upon it. So we look at the works that we do. Are the works that we're doing of eternal value or are the works that we're doing focused on the flesh and on the now? So in this passage, we have to ask ourselves, am I tested by fire? No, my works are tested by fire. 
Verse 13 says, the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If we think about that, what does fire do to silver, gold, and precious stones? It reveals the purity of the gold and the silver and the precious stones, right? It reveals the purity that's there when, when they're put to fire. What happens when you put fire to wood, hay, and straw? It burns up. So he's saying, you put your works into things that will last for eternity. You put your works into serving people, helping people, sharing the gospel with people. You put your works and the resources God has given you into things that will last forever. Not into things that are made of wood and hay and straw that are just going to be burnt up. So the fire is going to test the quality of each man's work. Now, this is talking about eternal rewards based off of what you and I do. This is not talking about salvation. Salvation is secure. Verse 15 says um, that fleshly, worldly work will be burned up, though you yourself will be saved. So you see, our salvation is secure. So the things that you do for eternity will be the things that won't burn up. The things that you do of eternal value are the things that will last. So what we need to understand is our bad works will not make us lose heaven. What we do cannot make us lose heaven. Salvation is a gift from God, has nothing to do with my works. So if what I do can't earn my salvation, then what I do can't lose my salvation either. Your salvation through faith in Jesus Christ is secure, but your heavenly rewards are based upon the good works that you do. If the good, if the good works that you're doing are just of worldly value, they'll be burned up and he says you'll suffer loss. Someone once said, we should be all we can be on earth so that we can be all that we could be in heaven. And you see, that's why today matters forever. Because what you and I do today needs to have eternal value, needs to be looking towards eternity. So how do we avoid the loss at the Bema seat where things will get burned up? 2 Corinthians 5.9 tells us, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. It should be our aim in this short little life, to live in such a way that our mist is a pleasing aroma to the Lord. May we spend our time in this mist for the momentous. You see, that's the aim of my life. I hope that would be the aim of yours as well. And next week, as we finish out this series, we're going to look very closely at how to live a life that God rewards. We're going to put some, some answers to this of what does that look like for my life? How do I live for eternal rewards? What do I do and what does my life need to look like? I pray that today you walk out of here with a new idea of what your life, the value of your life, looks like in God's eyes. He's a big and awesome and mighty God and he has big and awesome and mighty plans for you. And my prayer is that you would live this mist of a life aiming towards the momentous. Let's pray. Father, you are an awesome God. And God, the more we study your word and the closer we draw near to you, the bigger you become. And God, my prayer is that for each and every person in this room today, we would recognize just how big you are and how big and great your love for us is. And God, the reality is that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of your glory, but that you have made a way so that it's just as if we'd never sinned. That when we stand before you, our name can be found in that book of life by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And all the bad things that we've done here on this earth can be covered over in that book by the blood of Jesus. 
Father, thank you for making a way for us to spend eternity with you. And God, I know that in a room this size, there's some people in here that have been so focused on the now, so focused on the mist that they're living in. Because troubles come our way. We get focused on the things of today, the things of tomorrow, even the things of next year, and we get worried and stressed and anxious. God, help us to take our eyes off of those things and to recognize that our life is just a mist and that you have an eternal plan for us that's so much bigger and so much greater. May we look to eternity today. Father, for those in this room that need to place their faith in Jesus and say, I want to stand before the great white throne of judgment. I want to find my name in that book, God. I pray that those who need to place their faith in Jesus would come to the altar today and just say, God, I want to follow you. I want my sins covered over by the blood of Jesus Christ. May they know it's that simple. They can come and take a knee and just pray and say, God, I want to follow you. I accept Jesus as your son and my savior. Others need to just come to the altar and say, God, I've been caught up in the mist. I need to look to the momentous. Pray you'd help them to do that today, to set their eyes on you and on eternal things. We love you, God, and we thank you for who you are and how big you are and your love for us. As we worship you now, we bow before you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week as Lead Pastor Neil Krauss continues in the series, Today Matters Forever. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com.